everybody's undefeated on opening night. This week's episode is brought to you by Hope. Now it's our turn to, uh, sorry for the words, but put our balls on the table. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I'm Steph Alistair, you're locked into the Mile High Hockey Podcast for October 5th, 2015. Is it October yet? Yes, friend. Yes, it is. Coming up on the show, we try really, really hard to not run long, giving you a full preview of the 2015-16 Avalanche season, but before we play the whoosh, I need to introduce who we are. Welcome back at last. Hello to Grant Beery. Hello. And joining us again from the BSN world is our old friend AJ. Hello, sir. Hi to you, sir. Hi to you. And with that, I think we should just get to it, eh? All right. So, let's get to the most important news of the season. New sweaters. Got new thirds. Eh? Got a winter eh? classic jersey? Eh? Everybody <laughs> loves it? Yeah? Well? No. <laughs> you, you tell us, Grant. Oh, changes all across the board, and I think some are unwelcome. So uh, I think uh, let's let's just start with the main, you know, our main uh, home jerseys, road jerseys, whatever. They're pretty much the same uh, changes across both of them. There, the um, the foot is gone, and uh, I was kind of wondering this last year when I was uh, in the. Uh, um, in the team store uh, at the arena, I was like, "Man, they sure got a lot of foot stuff on sale right now, and it's uh, it's going for bargain basement prices." I wonder if they're going to get rid of that uh, that patch, and uh, lo and behold, they did. So we get the new C crest, which um, which is kind of a funny name for it, but um, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, obviously, a big homage to uh, you know the local fans and uh, our previous hockey team's jersey. But uh, if you kind of keep track of you know what people are saying outside of Colorado um especially you know Avs fans even um they have no idea what it means and then you have to kindly explain to them this is what the Colorado flag looks like so we have that nice little homage sitting on the jersey now in our uh, 20th anniversary patch which um are the two the two only changes that were made uh a lot of people were wondering uh is piping gonna go away and it sadly sadly did not go away so we still have the uniprons this year um and then uh that 20th anniversary uh patches uh and you know tell me if i'm wrong guys but i think it's tremendously underwhelming uh i don't you you see some other ones uh, around the league and uh, they have a little bit more style to them ours just seems to look like a big stamp that just sits right there on the front so uh, not too much going on with the main jerseys obviously the the story is the um the third jerseys and the winter classic jerseys the the winter classic we keep saying winter classic the stadium series jerseys as they uh, are should be called um were actually unveiled um and they are how do you say um I think they're a bit underwhelming. Um, there's, but you could also call them classic, clean, uh, whatever you want to say. I mean, a white jersey for the home team, which is a uh, um, a shift, obviously, for the NHL right now because we haven't seen that for I don't know years now, have it? I mean, it's been a while, and that's just got the big sea crest on the front and giant numbers on it as well. So, um, which are indicative of a stadium series jersey. So. Um, I got photos of that up on the website, but uh, 
Also, the 5280 sitting on the uh, collar there, another uh, little homage to the uh, local fans that a lot of people needed to have uh, explained to them if they have not lived in Colorado or currently live in Colorado. So, um, again, pandering to the local fans here a little bit more this year. So, um, And the worst-kept secret in the world, the third jerseys, um, basically are a burgundy and blue version of the Colorado Rockies jersey from back in the 70s. Um, got the Seacrest, but it's got that mountain motif to it that the old uh, Colorado Rockies jersey had. Um, also has the Colorado flag on the uh, shoulder. Um, since this hasn't been fully uh, unveiled yet, we've just gotten leaks from about the most official source we could get, the uh, NHL shop. Um, we don't know what the numbers look like. We uh, we don't know if there's going to be a patch on the right shoulder. Right now it is blank. So um, all around, I think the third jersey, if it if it actually does look this way and they don't do too many changes to it, is going to be the best-looking jersey that we wear this year. So it is, uh, it's pretty sharp. I mean, the old Colorado Rockies jersey was one of my favorites. So um, nice to see them... Uh, going back a little bit and uh, giving a little nod to the uh, history of the of hockey in the state there. So I, what do you guys think? I don't know how big a Jersey nerd you are, but... I like the new thirds, personally. <laughs> I, I think they're cool. Um, there, it seems to have a new shade of blue for this team, which I'm not a huge fan of, but apart from that, I, I do like them. I feel like the, uh, the, the anniversary crest is kind of safe. Um, Safe's a good word for it, yeah. It, like, it's not bad um it but it also didn't like try to do anything cool either it's just it's just kind of it, it's safe right um and then the stadium series jersey i've only seen the picture from the from the release which looks like it has two shades of red two shades of blue uh off-white black gray like way too right, many the, colors and the... i've been led to believe that maybe it doesn't actually look like that <laughs> right aj you were there right AJ fell asleep. Oh, okay. There you go. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was there. <laughs> so, what what were your impressions actually seeing it up close and personal? Um, I mean, I should I should preface everything I'm about to say by saying I don't really care about jerseys that much. <laughs> All so, right. like, I I don't like the Unipron because they are they are ugly. But beyond that, I'm not gonna get too upset about too many things. But I liked the Stadium Series jerseys. I thought they were, I thought they were the the word that came to mind was very clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean they're they're not complicated. They're not flashy. The numbers you could probably see from space, but that's where the fans will be sitting. So exactly, <laughs> it's you know I I liked it. Um, the 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 middle of the Seacrest was. To my eye, it was black, which made the black on the collar a lot more tolerable because it wasn't just an introduction of a random color right there. Right. There was a little consistency. So I liked it. I also really liked the 5280. Um, I don't know why. I just thought it was kind of neat. It's it's just one of those things about Denver that, you know, that's it's unique to us. And I liked that. I thought that was pretty cool. And that's but, the, the funny thing about that, too, is, uh, you know, I, I – I can pretty much divide who I've heard good and bad things about that 5280 mark. If you're from Denver, you like it or you're fine with it. If you're not, you find it distracting and you don't think it's necessary. So, uh, again, I think they're pandering very heavily to the local crowd this year. So, 
when, uh, I, saw, yeah. <laughs> when I saw the 5280, my reaction was, Denver, we get it. You're a mile high. <laughs> well, you know, I would, I would say, I would say, I agree. We get it. But anytime, anytime somebody comes from out of town, you you always hear about it. Like everybody outside of Denver makes just as big a deal of the altitude as everybody inside, if yeah. not more. Yeah. And I was yeah. proved very wrong by like hundreds of tweet quotes of people saying, "What's the fifty-two eighty mean?" So I don't. I guess it's just me not liking fun. I don't know. <laughs> it, probably you need to you need to enjoy life more right gosh so so yeah i i liked i liked all of the jerseys i think the thirds are cool like right. just straight up i think they look cool so i think the one thing that i am a little worried about um you know when you look at the anniversary patch the oh it's so boring the foot logo is is no longer here and kind of this just <clears throat> somewhat almost a uninspired sea crest that is on uh every jersey now is that is the team losing a little personality by going this route are they focusing a little bit too much on that colorado side of it when really they should be focusing more on maybe the mascot or avalanche side of it i, I think that would be the big worry for me anyway i mean is it or do, do most people not just just not care i mean is it as long as they look nice that that's what matters um i can see where you might think the c is a little corporate mm -hmm. i mean it does look like a giant copyright symbol right <laughs> <laughs> uh and i but i i definitely have seen a lot of negative reaction not necessarily to the c but to the foot being gone right and that's um <clears throat> That's something I, I touched on a little bit when I first wrote up about the article is that, well, a lot of people were, you know, very vocal about mm -hmm. it. And the Avalanche, you know, gave their official stance of, well, yeah, we don't care. We don't want to hear about it. So <laughs> and that was from their uh, official Twitter account. So I mean, that's uh, that gives you their their side of it. So yeah. it um, but man, I you know, with how many how long we've had fans just complaining and making fun of this team because of the piping the fact that they didn't do anything about that, like whether get rid of it, make it a little more subtle, whatever, um, blows my mind. Um, and it makes me think that they're just not listening. Whether that's true or not, um, that's just that's what it makes me think. Well, maybe we'll see that reworked with the uh, with an, a more general overhaul of NHL sweaters with the switch to Adidas. Yeah, maybe we get three pipes instead of just the two, right? Yeah, got to double down on it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to get those three stripes in there. So, well, that's my two cents on that. So, I'm I'm curious before we move on, what's your what what would you say is like one of your favorite jerseys in the league? Uh, my favorite jerseys in the league. Um, if we're gonna say just like a classic jersey, I would say it's probably gonna be the um, probably the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, there's just something they don't have to change it. They don't need to change it, and they've done very well with not changing it. They made a they actually made an interesting little change to their home jerseys this year. Um, the NHL crest on their um, collars is uh, is actually the French version of the crest. So it says LNH instead of the mm. NHL crest this year. So that's I think that's a nice little touch that uh, is a, a good, subtle um, thank you to their French fans. Uh, now, as far as jerseys that are, let's say if we want to talk like the new jerseys that came out this year, because, you know, New York has a new one. Um, Anaheim has a new one. Um, San Jose, among many others. Um, I would say Anaheim did the best job with their new third jersey. It is the old uh, Mighty Ducks logo 
but with updated color scheme for the new, you know, orange and black color scheme that they're doing, and it just looks tremendously sharp. So, the the New York Islanders have their new jersey with the um, with the move over to Brooklyn, um, and that is probably one of the more boring jerseys I've seen in a while. So, uh, I mean, it really is just the New York logo, and then um, it's got a slight middle orange on the uh, on the Y. You know, the uh, stick tape is what it's got there. So, um, I would say those those are my my least favorite this year, and my and my most favorite as far as the the new jerseys. But Montreal takes the cake every year, and until they change something, that's just gonna they're always gonna have the best jersey. Okay. So now for a quick recap of the preseason action. Uh, last Tuesday, the Avs beat an Anaheim C team 5-4 to four in overtime, and after that, they scored one more goal in regulation. Shut out 1-0 by Calgary on the 24th, then lost 2-1 in the shootout to the Kings on the 27th, and an Avalanche C team was shut out again by Calgary on Tuesday, 2-0. Then, after some roster cuts that we'll get to shortly, they fell 3-0 to Anaheim and scored in the 3-on-3 exhibition. Then lost to L.A. 4-0 at Frozen Fury. So, that's five goals in six games, and one goal in five of them. Are you concerned? No. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I'm not concerned yet. Well, that was an easy answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dude, I'm just not. Sorry. I think the big reason for me I'm not concerned yet is there's been... A, a lot of roster shuffling, um, and so we haven't. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've we've seen some lines play together, but I don't think we've seen a, a full cohesive team that's played together for at least a few games. I mean, you give me a month and ask me if I'm concerned, then I'll have an answer for you. Yeah, definitely. When games start to count and the team is actually out there and the players are actually giving a shit, sure. But am I going to be upset that the Avalanche put a disputed number of shots on goal last night? In in L.A. or against L.A., who's like like their kryptonite when it comes to style of play. And in Vegas, when usually those guys have been out kind of doing their thing and none of them are really that interested in the game. Right. You know, you know who's interested in that game? Fans. Right. I can I am pretty confident in in saying that in the couple of, of ones that I've been to. And seeing some of the things that we've seen over the over the years being there, the players are there because it's a really good time. Because of course it is. Mm-hmm. It's not. They're they're not there. You know when the when it's time to play. Yeah, okay, we'll go out and we'll play a game. But no, it's it's Frozen Fury. It's a bunch of young guys in Vegas. You know, having a good time, and they just happen to play a game while they're there. So well, we, we also have to look that, you know, we had Roto Barra versus Jonathan Quick last night. So, I mean, those are two disproportionately talented, um, <clears throat> different difference in talent on those two goalies there. So I don't know how much that um, how much that uh, means as far as the uh, four goals that were scored against the Avalanche. But it's kind of hard to score against Jonathan Quick. So I'm not surprised the team got shut out. Uh, yeah. Just just to clarify on the uh, the disputed shot total, uh, the there were was am I right in thinking there were no official stats kept because it's not right. an NHL venue. Yeah, so, there was nobody from the NHL there. So the Fox Sports Kings feed had LA with like ten or fifteen more shots on goal than TSN did. So it it's like who's you know it depends uh, on who's looking at the game to decide what's a shot on goal and what isn't. Yeah, well, and the TSN feed had players. 
in the lineup that didn't play. Yeah. So I mean, it's <laughs> so, like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. So it was, it, it you know, Casey recapped the game for us at BSN, and I was talking to her throughout because I was not watching the game. Um, I was watching football last night. Thank you so much for that, Buffaloes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it was you know, it was honestly, it was it was. I didn't. I'm. I'm not worried about it. There's a reason I skipped that game last night. I, I wasn't worried about it when I was sitting through the snore fests in the Pepsi Center. They were just not. There was no energy. There was no intensity. Nobody was. There were no tryhards out there except for guys like Jack Skilly and Ryan Wilson who were playing for jobs. Right. Basically, yeah, the guys... everybody else was mailing it in because it's the fucking preseason. Right. The guys who want to make the team, they're not worried about getting injured because that's their two option. Either I don't make the team or I'm injured for the rest of the season. Or, But you look at a guy like, uh, let's say, Duchesne or Johnson, or, you know, anybody else who's been injured quite a bit. I mean, they're not going to kill their season in the <laughs> playing for a game that's not going to count. So, yeah. Preach. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I mean, you know, everybody, everybody's concerned about you know, the results of, of the goals and all that. And I, you know, Twitter was full of unhappy folks because the quote unquote, the process is still bad. But from where, from where I was sitting, you know, the abs, the abs were only really badly outshot in what the two LA games. And yeah, they didn't look good in the, the first period of the Anaheim game. But after that, they, they played significantly better and they ended up with what's like 30 shots on goal in that game. Right. And everybody's ignoring that in the, in their complaint that the process is still bad. The avalanche put 30 shots on goal and you know, they, for the most part, they played NHL goaltenders all preseason. The the one that I remember them not was when Peter Budai came into the third period, and that was a game the Avalanche put, like, five shots on at that period. So, you know, and they, they almost scored a handful of times in that game. You know, Miko Rantanen had multiple open nets on, on wraparounds and type plays where he came super-duper close to scoring a couple of times, and it's just like, you know, it's, it, it happens. So am I am I going to be upset that in the preseason in the preseason I emphasize <laughs> that the Avalanche did not score goals on like a hundred some odd shots in a row? Uh, no. Well, and you you also have to say to yourself, yeah, they've mailed it in for the entire preseason, and uh, but what do they look like opening night with? Not only you know the first game of the season on the line. This on the line. This is the first you know game of the twentieth season that's on the line. This is against the Wild, who's a you know any game you can win against the Wild is going to be great for your division. So I mean, there's a lot of things that are on the line as far as like glory, not making yourself look bad on national TV, and also you know getting some crucial points as early as possible against a division rival. If they look that bad on opening night, then I'll be concerned. Yeah. And honestly, there's a there's a decent chance that they're not going to be as bad as they look on opening night because you talk about L.A. being their kryptonite. Minnesota's stylistically is their kryptonite as well. Right. True. So. That's very true. 
I, uh, I witnessed that for three years <laughs> when I lived there. I was just, you know, those are the games I was like, oh, well, I got to go watch an Avalanche game live. And then almost every time I went to a game, oh, no. they just got trounced. So. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get to go watch an Avalanche game live. <laughs> <laughs> just convinced myself that it'll make me feel better about the money I spent. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was really hoping that maybe we could see the roster finalized before we got to this part of the show, but it didn't happen. Um, as of this recording, the Avalanche roster still sits at 26. <clears throat> we were watching a few different competitions, and here's how they shook out. Uh, Calvin Pickard is in San Antonio, and Red O'Bara hangs on to the backup job. Zach Redmond was the odd man out first, as this podcast sort of expected, with Coach Wadnall talking about new addition Brandon Gormley getting time in his top four with Tyson Berry. That leaves Stuart Holden, Gannon, and Zadorov competing for the bottom pair. Uh, the last, the last, the late edition of Curtis Glencross on a PTO after he was released from the same in Toronto came seemingly from nowhere, and also in the forward core, Jesse Winchester's concussion problems unfortunately returned, and Patrick Bordalo and Mark Andre Cleish will not play in the NHL to start the year. So, what are you happy with? What are you disappointed with? And what are you surprised by? I think it's easy to say I'm disappointed that Pickard uh, is sitting in the AHL, but I'm sure there's plenty of things, a.k.a. salary and whatnot, that is contributing to that. You know, I didn't get to see much of Pickard, um, obviously because of you know, broadcasting issues, mm-hmm. i.e. they're not broadcasted right. <laughs> until he was down. Um, but from everything I'd heard, he didn't really win the spot either. Right, but I, I, mean, I guess for me the big thing is um, – I don't feel like he got as much of a shot as I had hoped. And maybe that's me just being uh, a Pickard uh, apologist. <laughs> I, I, I would have liked to see him uh, uh, maybe play last night or maybe a little, a little bit more. So that's, but that's just me. I think with Red O'Bara being kind of your de facto backup guy, give a lot more time to the guy who you, your, your AHL guy. Okay. Um, Twitter and the rest of Ab's internet kind of erupted when Bordalo and Cleish got waived. Yeah, that was very interesting <laughs> to see. I mean, um, it was almost a little a... bit too much, but we were having fun. Right, and I, I can't say that I would be too upset about seeing either of them leave the team. But um, if I had to pick between the two, I would I would rather see Cleish leave. I'm happy they're both gone. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they both they seem were, to be awesome away from the ice, but not on it. Right. Yeah, yeah. They were not. They were not NHL caliber players, and now they're going to be playing in a league that's much more appropriate for their skill sets. Right. So um, the Avalanche. I mean, that went, and it was a good. It was a good positive sign uh, that they that they made that move. That they said goodbye to some of the guys that had been, you know, Patrick Waugh favorites in their in his time here. So it was it was nice that they were that that the team decided to move forward without them. Um, you know the Pickard Barra thing was once you actually once I got to camp and I started watching them and and then they had they each played the one game before they made the decision. It was it was a a dead even race and there was just no reason at that point to force um, Pickard into the role because. He he clearly had not won the job. 
And, you know, I know a lot of people all bear last night, bear that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I got, I got nothing for you on that. I didn't watch the game. Uh, the only goal against that I saw was the Gabrick goal where everybody was mad at Red O'Bara, but everybody was afraid to say anything about Tyson Berry doing absolutely nothing on that play. So I don't, yeah, he was basically know. just watching the whole thing. So I, yeah. right, you, you can't blame Bear on that one. But there were a oh, couple that went in. Yeah, <laughs> I would, I would, I would blame Bear on that one. But I was just, I just thought that the the selective blame Full that was blame getting passed Bear. around, yeah, was, <laughs> was 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 it was just interesting to watch from my college football watching eyes, where I would I would flip through Twitter real quick and it was oh Red Bear doing Red Bear things, right. but nobody wanted to be like. Hey Tyson Berry, aren't you supposed to be a defenseman that plays defense? <laughs> right. Oh, part of the issue I think is a Barry gave up an, a really bad howler in the second as well. Uh, just kind of a shot over his left shoulder from just inside the blue line. Then his glove didn't even move. Yeah, well that that the his glove continues to be a serious serious issue. And I know, I know if you get if you get Oak on here, he'll he'll be like, oh, every NHL goaltender has. High on the glove side is a weakness, but unfortunately, and that's true. That's lazy goaltender analysis. When they say, "Oh, the book is shoot high glove," well, yeah. right? No, totally. But but Red O'Bara has a real problem with his glove hand. It, yeah. It's anywhere on his glove side is an issue. So it's you know all I'm all I'm gonna say is that at the time that they made the decision, in my eyes, they made the correct one. Because you do still want your your twenty two year old maybe he's twenty maybe he turned twenty three in Pickard, um, you still want that goaltender in the AHL getting the majority of the starts unless he outright won the job in preseason, and he didn't in the time that they were evaluating him he didn't, and and, th- and you know that's a good point he's going to see a lot of ice time, um, and not just wallowing under uh, Varlamov and and hopefully getting a start here or there so um, yeah. There's- bit of a silver lighting there is actually he's actually going to see a lot of play time so well because if you look at the avalanche schedule realistically the first time that i would expect to see the backup play would be the end of october in yeah. the the tampa bay carolina back-to-back although given was history who knows but that's looking at the schedule that's that's the only time that i really see as an obvious candidate to play the backup do you really want calvin pickard sitting on the bench for an entire month doing nothing. So I, I don't. <laughs> nor would I be nor would I be tremendously excited to see him or Roto Bear play any of our opponents in uh, in October. I think October looks like a, a pretty tough month for the team, so Yeah. And they yeah, spent uh, half of November on the road too. Right. So it, it doesn't get easier. Right. It's gonna be a fun first couple months. <laughs> Long this more fun than last year. <clears throat> right. Um, do we feel like Brandon Gormley has earned a top four spot? Mm. I've been pretty vocal. I don't know if I've seen Yeah, I guess he looks really good. I'm going to agree with AJ here. He looks really good and that he's earned it, but I just want to I want to see him play more because I, I just don't know yet. I, I'm not, I don't have a confident yes in there, so... I would I would say he's looked good against the competition he's been put against for the most part, but there there have been obvious limitations, like getting dismissed by Kopitar last night <laughs> on that uh, on that Gabbert goal behind the net. Like he just just shrugged him off like he wasn't there. 
Right. So, you know, that's those are the kinds of things where you see you see guys against the really good players like that. And it's like, okay, there's a ceiling here. So, you know, I he he played against a lot of AHL heavy lineups. He did really well. And he played a, a couple of games against more NHL lineups. And I still thought he did really well. It's just that you know, you know that you're not going to put him out there against the uh, the other team's best all the time. I think the the idea of pairing him with with Barry and and putting putting them on a kind of a, a fleet of foot offensive zone start kind of pairing, I like a lot. I think it's going to be the best use of them, and then I'm excited to see how it goes. But I think he's definitely done enough to certainly make the team and and play big minutes right out of the gate. Deal or no deal? Jack Skilly. Yeah. Deal. Yeah, I I think so. I think he's earned one, but does he get one? Oh, uh, that's a better question. Jeez, <laughs> man. Well, if, if Wad truly is interested in sticking to his guns about, you know, play fast, think fast, everything fast, 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 Jack Skilly fits that mold a hell of a lot better than Curtis Glencross does. <clears throat> because Curtis Glencross looks like shit to me. New team, new system, not a lot of practice time. He still has been stealing the puck from his line mates. I, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the issue when you bring a guy in and he only has a week, um, you know, on a PTO, he has a week to make an impression and. Maybe maybe he's made a better one on Wah than he has on me. You know, Lord knows that Wah and I rarely agree on player evaluation things. So, you know, <laughs> you know, right. he probably he probably loves Glencross's veteraniness, and he's got Tangay and Aginla in his ear about, oh, this guy can help us. And you know, he Wah has been a a a player's coach to an extreme fault at times. So. I think we'll probably see Glenn Cross more than Skilly, but I know the question was Skilly. I think I think Skilly would be a really good fit in Denver on the fourth line right wing spot where he's killing penalties and he can use his speed to to tilt the ice the other direction a little bit as opposed to last year where the third and fourth line was predominantly made up of plotters, you know, guys that look like they're running in quicksand when they skate. So and that would make the fourth line, what, Cody McLeod, John Mitchell, and Jack Skilly, something like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, a, that's a decent fourth line. It's, it's I would go to it. war with it. Yeah, it's, it's not a line that you want to put the whole thing <clears throat> in the AHL anymore. Yeah, just Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Which we all know isn't happening. Right, well, that's, yeah, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not even going to tackle that shit. No reason to. I mean, that's that's just screaming at clouds. Yep. <laughs> So he's a, he's a leader. He's an alternate captain. I, I'm sure that's one of the big reasons he's got as much uh, clout with the team as he does. So he is wildly popular in the locker yeah. room. And he's wildly popular outside the locker room too. Right, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, fans still love the guy. Right. So I mean, him being sent down would cause an uproar. Yeah. Um, so should we move on to the regular season? Let's. Real hockey? <laughs> Preseason RIP. Let's actually start to matter. 
Um, so yeah, give me your takes. Who do you think leads the team in scoring this year? Oh man, um, I really hope it's not Aginla again. That will speak volumes to the depth of this team if it's Aginla again. Uh, hmm. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go out on a whim and say uh, McKinnon. No, not McKinnon. Hmm. It's hard to tell. I would say probably either Duchesne or Hell Aginla. Aginla just puts himself in the right spot. I'd say one of those two. McKinnon. You think McKinnon? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I predicted McKinnon was going to score 44 goals this year, so I'm going with McKinnon. All right, there you go. I'm, I'm, I put all, I'm putting all my prediction eggs in the McKinnon basket. <laughs> I agree with wrong. McKinnon, I'd love too. to see it. I'd love to see it. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know yet. I think Landeskog has a chance to get close if we're talking about points rather than goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think McKinnon has a, a good chance to lead both, um, just partially based on the way his development trajectory should go and partially based on the lines he is more likely to get as opposed to a guy like Duchesne who can't seem to get a line that suits his play style. That's fair. He has shuffled quite a bit. So, All right. You guys may have convinced me. <laughs> I, just think, I just think he's their best player and at some point that's going to start to matter. And as long as he gets to play with Landeskog and Rantanen and guys like that, then he's going to be definitely on the right side of the ice getting chances to put the puck in the net. Right. Definitely. Which leads me to another question. Where do where does Rantanen end up in the lineup? Because it looks like he's not going anywhere. <clears throat> as, the, uh, as the L.A. guys said during the Frozen Fury game last night, Colorado have given him every chance to fail, and he refuses to do it. <laughs> That's a really, really good that. I'm surprised Jim Fox had that in him. Yeah. Of course, that was, you know, he didn't, he was busy, you know, calling the wrong players half the time, but that's okay. <laughs> it's Vegas, man. He probably didn't know where he was. <laughs> <laughs> so where, do we think he ends up on a top six line, or where does, where does he slot in? I think he'll shuffle. Yeah, I don't see him sticking in one spot, uh, especially with him being as young as he is. I think we'll probably see his development either, you know, progress quite a bit or, you know, kind of get a little stagnant throughout the year, depending on how well he does. But, um, yeah, I, fr- I foresee him moving his way around. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's just not. Uh-oh. I I'm. There, there are so many moving parts with the team right now that it would be really difficult, I think, to to put him in one place and then to be like, all right, we're good. Yeah, I can't think of a line pairing I, I would put him with. Like, I'm looking at the roster right now, and I can't think of two guys that I would put him with. Um, I see a lot of people <laughs> that he has potential with, but I don't know if I'd put him with just a set uh, two other guys. I'd like to see him with, with Duchesne. I'd like to see that be given some serious burn because I think they would work well together. Mm-hmm. He seems to be a very, uh, very strong possession guy, and we, we, as we know, that's what Duchesne kind of needs. Yeah, yeah, right. he definitely <laughs> needs a little bit of help, which I'm sure 
people will hit me up on Twitter and be like, when is Duchesne going to start making his line mates better? Because I, I get those comments almost every day now. He's getting the same bullshit that Paul Stastny got. Yeah, so... If you're that guy that does that, first of all, don't. <laughs> first of all, delete your account. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to engage you ever again. I'm not talking about it anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> same question for Grigorenko. Where does it look like he is going to slot in? Uh, I think he's a, he's a bottom six player. Yeah. Think so? Yeah. Okay. Let's move to the defense. Um, our top pairing this season should be Eric Johnson and Francois Beauchemin, which is not a name I know how to pronounce, but I'm not going to butcher it like some team announcers do. <laughs> Beauchemin. Okay. That, that might be closer than, than Englishing it up, but come on. Right. Um, so do, have we seen that pairing at all yet in the preseason, even one game? Yeah. Have we? Yeah. When did we see that? The first LA game. So oh, yeah. you saw that, but nobody mm-hmm. else did. I did yeah, not I, see that, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, unfortunately, my eyes were witness to that game. And nobody thinks that anyone wants to watch preseason games, so they don't televise it. Thanks. Probably probably a good idea, having watched more preseason hockey than ever before this season. I, I'm over it. <laughs> It's it's just not it's not good, dude. And the pairing the pairing was fine. The the one thing that you'll notice, uh, especially if you're live watching the team, you'll notice that Boschman is a very very good communicator. He's very chatty on the ice. He's always directing traffic. He's always yelling at people. And it's not like Nate Ginnon pointing at the spot, you know, using his wonderful predictive powers of where he's about to get scored on. <laughs> it's it's a lot more, uh, you know. It's 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 a lot more substance. It's a lot more. He's, you know, he's telling forwards where he's gonna be. He's, he's telling forwards where he wants them to be because of what he wants to do. He's talking to EJ. He's, you know, he's just, he's very, he's 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 kind of he's kind of a, a field general out there. So, um, in terms of his play, he made he made a couple of whoopsies that were pretty unimpressive. He's also made some nice plays that were much more impressive. So, it's been a it's been a mixed bag as is from from the one time that that pairing was put together uh, in L.A. in the L.A. game, but it was not it was not great. Johnson didn't have a great game. Uh, Bolshevik didn't have a great game. They both looked like guys that were just kind of there because they had to be. This makes the second L.A. goal last night at Frozen Fury even more puzzling because we saw Nate Gannon and Francois Beauchemin kind of guarding each other. Oh, jeez. Like, what? (laughs) Whatever. Right. Um, Speaking of which, have we heard any kind of updates at all on Eric Johnson or Gabriel Landeskog, who both missed last night, um, presumably due to minor injuries? It's precautionary. Kind of what I figured. But that's just all we know is it's precautionary. Yep. Okay. Probably won't know much more until they get back to Denver. Um, I expect that they'll have practice tomorrow. Um, I also <laughs> expect that that's, that's when they'll make the moves that they need to make. Because they weren't practicing the day after for damn sure. Uh, yeah. No. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> Probably at a late night. Maybe an early morning. Um, so the the other defensive pairs we've, we're looking at, Barry and Gormley, um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, the bottom four is between Zadorov, Gannon, Stewart, and Holden. Um, and we could see any two of those four at, at, in any game to, as the year begins, or at least that's how it looks to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's much to say about any of them. I mean, they're not like <clears throat> the most wildly exciting guys that you see on the ice. So. Uh, yeah. No, I think. Uh, I think. I think the season will open up with Zadorov and Stewart next to each other. Um, and that's. I think that's a, that's a solid, solid enough pairing for now. Zadorov is a. He's a man. They they're gonna have to figure out that discipline with him. Because he gets, he's he's kind of a hothead. He gets, he likes to unleash a little bit, and uh, he likes to he likes to roam around on the ice, kind of kind of wandering around like a lost puppy every once in a while. Except he's like a a lost puppy that's looking to remove body parts from people that get near him. Yeah, he, so, he took at least one frustration penalty last night. Oh, was it was it that cross checking? Yeah, I, yeah, I saw I saw I think a gif of it, uh, it where. Was- it was just he was just pissed. It was just so stupid. Yeah, so I think I think Abs fans need to to settle in for quite a bit more of that this year. Um, he's he's still twenty. Uh, he's very much a work in progress, and I hope everybody kind of just gives him a chance to to you know to to settle in and kind of kind of be a twenty year old defenseman in the NHL because. Uh, his raw tools are all incredible. Um, you know, he's he's an enormous human being that moves very, very well on the ice, and he likes to hit people. And it's it's really easy to look at his his entire. It sounds weird. His entire package and say that's enticing, <laughs> ladies. But and like it, like seriously though, he's he's really. <laughs> It's it's gonna be really easy to fall in love and expect way too much out of him, especially so with hope... how much we've hyped him this summer. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and when you get into the actual games, we've we've seen where where he needs work. When you actually watch him play, it's real obvious. But I hope I hope everybody kind of tempers the expectations just just a little bit. Just you know, just kind of kind of chills out a little. Um, but. He's gonna be so fun to watch. <laughs> That's he is. He's gonna be so fun to watch. Brad Stewart won't be. He'll be the exact opposite. <laughs> and man, of of the four, honestly, you would expect that it would be Gennon with the most underwhelming preseason, but it's been Nick Holden. <coughs> at yeah. least, at least for me. Yeah, he looks dead. Like he does not. He he doesn't. He looks like just a just a corpse on skates out there. I don't understand what happened to him or how it got this bad. I just don't. I did. He's so bad. Now before we get to the big questions, let's uh, let's take a step back and have a look at the few that I did get in from Twitter today. I put the call out for questions like 
10 minutes before I put the call on Skype, so didn't have a lot of time to to gather a big net of questions, but we'll just get, get into it. Um, Randy, hey Randy, uh, we'll find a way to troll you later, I'm sure. Uh, which team in the West is not a threat for the Avs? Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> See, Arizona looks so bad this year that I forgot about them. <laughs> I forgot they exist. That's another contender for one of the worst jersey redesigns ever. So um, <laughs> their jerseys look garbage this year. So, um, but as far as uh, yeah, they're. I, I can't imagine them being a threat to anybody, um, mostly just themselves. They just, um, they're going to go nowhere. <laughs> uh, Edmonton. I know, I know everybody thinks that Connor McDavid's going to put up 85 points, and he honestly probably will. But that defense is still really bad. And I don't think Cam Talbot is going to be able to put up a 926 behind Edmonton's defense like he was able to behind the Rangers. So, right. Well, and hasn't hasn't Edmonton have had a couple injuries already in the preseason? So, uh, I'm not familiar. All I know is they sent Nikita Nikita down yesterday. Yeah, Everly is out for I think six weeks. That's right, Everly. That's who's out. So. Ah, yeah. Yeah. It does not bode well for that team. So if, hey, if that's how they're gonna start. <laughs> If that's how they're going to start, I uh, I imagine it's just going to keep going downhill from there. Yeah, and and I would also add Vancouver to that list because um, oh, yeah. they've made a bunch of changes the off season and none of them have looked wise whatsoever. Yeah, yeah they made bad changes. They just they just gave away pieces left and right, and they were just like, all right, we're good. Of course, you'll notice what division all these teams are in. Well, and then the other team I would add on there is San Jose because I don't think they're any good. Except we can't seem to beat them to save our lives. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's been going on for like 10 years, so. Right. We couldn't even beat them in the playoffs when we had Peter Forsberg, so. We couldn't beat them in the playoffs when they scored on themselves. See? Oh, that might be, yeah. No, that's all of this is true. (laughs) So, yeah, even though I don't, I don't think that they are a team we will be in strong contention with uh, for, uh. You know, anything meaningful. So, Randy's other question is, with another bad season this year, do you think Wah would be on the hot seat? Yes. No. How many years do you give him then? Five. Five? Mm-hmm. This right. being This being year three, not five more. <laughs> just to clarify I think I think I think when they came in they had a five year plan year one screwed everything up because it went super well mm-hmm. and I think that the the top to bottom overhaul that they've had has been so good so far and so dramatic that if, if the NHL team I if they bottom out and they have like a 60 point season depending on how they get to that 60 point season maybe but I I don't think any of us expect that to happen. So um, I'm, you know, I maybe it's a playoff team. I don't know, but I don't, I don't think they'll be bad enough for that to happen. Um, I think it would take a catastrophe of a year for for them to start having that conversation. But I, I think it's a five year thing. Yeah. Well, so if they if they contend for the playoffs then so if they contend for a wild card spot even at the very least you think that's that's good enough 
Oh yeah, definitely, okay. right. definitely. And we'll get we'll get to that kind of thing in a minute. Um, I think Wall has more job security than any other coach in the league, just because he also has the executive VP title. Yeah, he's, he's not going to fire himself. It it would honestly take uh, Joe going ham or ownership stepping in. Yeah, or him being like, which is I think this is how this relationship ultimately ends is that he steps away voluntarily and says. You know, it's it's like the Broncos and John Fox, where it's a it's publicly labeled as a mutual parting of ways, right? Because both parties are sick of the other one. Well, Quenville left the same way, didn't he? Uh, I honestly don't remember that. If I remember correctly. Long. I think it was a mutual parting of ways as well when he left the Avalanche. I'm gonna look that up. I'm gonna make sure. Yeah, they're going to have a fun time with him this year, Mr. I don't like to play young kids unless they're superstars. Right. <laughs> uh, Chicago's an interesting team this year for all the wrong reasons. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think they're in more trouble than other folks expect. Uh-huh. I so, think Minnesota's in trouble, too. Mm, maybe. It's going to be a fun year, though. Yeah. Well, we'll have to ask that guy on the show sometime just to talk about Minnesota. Oh, that'll be awesome. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe record that show and stick it straight in their cycling bin. <laughs> no, that should be that should that should be our drunk MHH pod. There you go. We can we can bring him on, and I'll just get shit faced and be rude to him all day. <laughs> even though even though I, dark. I I I quite like him. Uh, he's 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 a good dude. Yeah, I like having him around. Um, Matt Zaro, which Av is most likely to be traded this season? That is a great question. Because, <laughs> hmm. you know, one thing to keep in mind on this one is it depends on how the season goes. Right. But I would not expect the Avalanche to be buyers. Well, if history has told us anything, they're not going to be sellers either. Yeah, my gut tells me to go with my least favorite player, but that's going to be a hard guy to move. Um, yeah, Brad Stewart's not going anywhere. <laughs> I was going to say Holden would be a hard guy to move. I, oh, you know. dude. Not if you're some people. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and um, not if you, Yeah, he's not very hard to move if you have the puck with you. He's really easy to move on. <laughs> and, and he's not hard to move if you exist in be a GM mode either. Right. Um, so we can start naming AHL guys. They're more likely to move than most of the NHL guys. No, I have an honest answer. I think it's John Mitchell. Hmm. Oh, interesting. I don't, I don't think there's a desire to move him, but I think um, the, all, the, all the guys that they've added, you know, they've added six new guys to the, I think, six – to the assuming Glenn Cross and Skilly both stick, I think it's six, uh, six new guys to the forward core this year, and John Mitchell went from a guy who finished the season on Duchesne's wing, and I think you know he's starting out on on as the four C. I think as as the team continues to improve its depth, and you know he's already thirty years old, and while he's on a great contract, um. I think if they fall out of that race, um, it becomes John Mitchell and Jerome McGinlow <laughs> as the as the two guys that they, depending on how far out of the race, you know, blah, 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 all the normal caveats, 
I think those are the two guys that you should you should keep an eye on as as the ones who are going to start you're going to start hearing about them moving. Now let's get to do not feed the octopus who asks how much whiskey should I have prepared for Thursday? The answer is all of it. Uh, he also asks, is Grigorenko the odd man out of this lineup if Skilly and Glenn Cross are signed? Hashtag grit, hashtag 55. <laughs> um, if they're signed, no. Not necessarily. I think one of them would sit. Um, if, they're, if they're both if they're both playing... Maybe. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah, you you have to think who who takes this place. I mean, this isn't a bad problem to have, as opposed no. to last year when it was like, "Good lord, who can we find to throw on the ice this year?" It's okay, who fits? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying we have the most amazing depth in the world, but the Avs' depth has improved dramatically. Right. So, uh, that's a hard question to answer. Yeah, yeah. It can, I think some of it will depend on um, who's who's running hot and at the time, and I think some of it will depend on uh, who they're playing against. Right. Yeah. But I will be really disappointed if we start off quickly and Mikhail Grigorenko is sitting because. The team wants to play fucking Jack Skilly and Curtis Glenn Gross. Because then it's just going to be like Buffalo all over again for the kid. And that's just not. Right. That's not where our hopes lie. Yeah. 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 So can I ask the big question now? Playoffs? Yes or no? Uh, I think we squeak into a wild card spot. Oh god, I've avoided this question for a month. <laughs> um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say I'm going to say no, but it'll be close. I'm going to ask you to explain that answer because I suspect that your explanation is going to be really similar to my explanation for the same answer, which is no. <laughs> Um, I think they'll be competitive. I think overall the the process will have improved quite a bit, but I could see them being a 90-point team and just getting there in a lot more of a legitimate type of way. Um, I think it'll be I think it'll be close. I just I just don't see them being quite good enough top to bottom yet to overtake some of the teams. Not only in their division, but they're they're going to be competing with in the wild card, which I guess is really just their division. <laughs> that um, is ans- different from my answer, actually. So, um, that's yeah. I think I think they'll go from being the forty three percent Corsi fourth team that they were last year to more like forty six or forty seven, maybe even a little bit higher, depending on how things go and who gets good. But beyond that, uh, I don't, I don't, I just don't think they're quite good enough yet. See, my explanation for thinking probably not is that this, with, you know, with respect to where they're at in the league 
geographically with what division they're in. They weren't quite good enough to make it last year. And apart from the expected development of guys like Landis Gog and McKinnon and even Barry, um, on paper, the, your top guys are, you know, you're missing a really important piece, and that's Ryan O'Reilly. And Carl Soderberg doesn't fill that gap. He helps, but doesn't fill that gap. And I don't, I think the team is, you know, if the team on paper isn't better than last year, then why am I going to put a result on paper that was better than last year? I think we're going to see real similar results. Um, I, I agree that it sh shouldn't be as as percentage-driven as it has been before. Um, but we'll see. I, w I wouldn't be stunned if they made it, um, but I wouldn't predict that they would either. Yeah, definitely. I would, I would like to echo that last point, especially that... If if they do come out of the gate, you know, and they and they do kind of figure it out, and they are playing really good hockey, like there's an, there's certainly enough talent on the team to to be a legitimate playoff team. I just I just don't quite feel like it's there yet. But do you see as big of a early season meltdown as the team had last year? Uh, I don't I don't know about all that, man. I mean, that's teams teams are streaky. Yeah. You know the Avalanche. The Avalanche just happened to play their worst hockey in the first what four weeks of the season last year. But I, I mean that really did kind of handcuff them from you know where everything was on the line in the in the in the last half of the season versus you know if they just have a mediocre front half of the season. I mean maybe they won't be in such a, a dire straits coming down the uh, the playoff run. Yeah, I mean all just that's true. It's just that. Everybody goes through their bad stretches. There were points last year, like you remember when Brad Stewart scored from center ice, and <laughs> that was Chicago Chicago fans were talking about firing Quinville and getting rid of Corey Crawford. Like True. they were in the middle of their bad stretch before right. Devin Dubnik showed up and played like Dominic Hasek. Colorado was ahead of Minnesota in the standings last season. So I and mean, it's Yo was on the hot seat for sure. Yeah, especially uh, after I... that that practice where he started breaking shit. I'm actually really surprised he did not get fired after his just terrible streak that he had because it was it seemed like it lasted a little longer than every other team. Well, they're I mean they're just if they don't have really good goaltending, that's a really mediocre hockey team. Mm -hmm. But they, as we saw last year, they can have really good goaltending, and this, this yeah. kind of leads into my other half of the big question, which is how does the Central Division shake out? Oh, Jesus. And that's oh, man. <laughs> probably the hardest division to predict in the league because any of the teams in the division could um, believably get hot and just win the damn thing. I could see I could see any of those seven teams winning or finishing in last place in the division, and none of them won't surprise me <laughs> because, because they all have serious every, – every single one of these teams has serious question marks – and for like five of them, you know, with with Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota, and St. Louis, so I guess four of them. It's all in, it's in goal. Mm -hmm. If you don't have good goaltending, you're not going anywhere in this league. So, right. if you know those guys, they have to have good goaltending, and they have question marks there. Whereas, you know, Nashville's got Pekarene, the Avalanche have Samian Varlamov, and Chicago, you know, whether you think he's a little overrated or not, he's certainly not terrible. And Corey Crawford. Well, so, and Scott those, Darling has been doing 
pretty darn well during the preseason himself. So, I mean, they've they've at least got some depth they can go to in case Crawford is hitting a bad streak because I think I think Darling will come in and be at least an adequate backup for him. Where I don't I don't think they're going to have to worry if we see him in that. Yeah, no, I would I would agree. I just so does that make Chicago the strongest team in the division at this point? No, no, they have too many question marks. They lost too much talent. They have too many moving pieces. Mm-hmm. I think I think. If you if you're asking me, which it, I think the question was, how does the central shake out? I'm gonna go with St. Louis, Winnipeg, Nashville, Chicago, Dallas, Minnesota, Colorado. I would not put Dallas ahead of Minnesota. I just think their goaltending will be better. I'll give you that. That's the only reason I did. I've always been one who uh, has more faith in Devin Dubnik than your average Avalanche fan, but his yeah. his career has been interesting. He's put up really good numbers one year, and then not so much the next year, pretty consistently. And last year, he put up really good numbers. <laughs> so we'll see if that's actually a thing or not. Um, it's not. It's not even Dubnik so much. I, I, you know, I think Dubnik obviously will return to earth, and I think he'll be more of like a nine twenty goaltender. I just don't have any faith in their backup situation. Oh, what so, is their backup situation? I don't even. Yeah, know. I, I can't uh, even name him. Shooter, Darcy, tutor. It's Darcy Kemper. Oh, okay. Oh, is it still Darcy? Huh. Well, yeah. Well, good I mean, for they, them having faith in him. They still have Nick Backstrom sitting around. I just don't expect what? actually play. I don't think he's gonna play. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know he was still playing. Uh, yeah, well, he's they were they were trying to buy him out, but he was hurt, so they weren't allowed to. Mm. Oh, it's, I think that's what happened. That's I, I can't say that I followed it really closely because I just didn't give a shit. But <laughs> I I think that's what came across the radar was they wanted to buy him out, but he was hurt. And, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm sure that guy will listen to this and be like. Here are the 35 well, well-reasoned well arguments why you're an idiot, AJ. So. <laughs> I think I agree with you. I think St. Louis does sit atop the Central this year um, mm. again. Uh, Nashville's definitely – yeah, I think Nashville's going to be second again. But, um, gosh, Chicago's got to drop, and I think Winnipeg's going to take their spot. And, yeah, I'm going to put uh, – I'm going to put Dallas ahead of Minnesota. I think that people are uh, putting Winnipeg higher than I would based on their results last season mm-hmm. when um, Andre Pavlitz had his best best season of his career. Right. Um, and he's never been a quality goaltender at all. And then suddenly he was. I don't see that happening again. They're going to have to get some goaltending magic to reproduce next or reproduce last season. In my opinion. All right. Um, that does that mean they're not a playoff team? No. That I could see them fitting in three or four, or even the or that fifth wild card, no problem. Right. Um, but I wouldn't put them. I wouldn't put them higher than Chicago. I think they're in the same area. I would just because I think I think Michael Hutchinson is for real. 
That's one of those question marks that I guess we'll see answered as the year goes on. He's just he's just one of those guys that he's put up he's put up good numbers basically everywhere he's ever been. And he's only twenty five years old. And on nine four I think he had a nine fourteen last year. It's not overwhelmingly good. <laughs> um it's I think it's certainly something to build off of. And I think he's I think he's solid and I think he'll take the starting job at some point. So and yeah. that defense is just so good, man. It it's really just is. so good. Yeah. And I think their offense is just good enough. And when I did my when I did my big uh preview thing with uh with Oak a couple weeks ago, he asked me for my breakout young player and I picked Mark Shifley, so I'd be a hypocritical asshole if I didn't double down on that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doubling down on it. <laughs> All right, what do you think we've left out? Because we're about out of time here. Hmm. I don't know. I can't think of anything. What else you got? That's all I got. What, what else you got, maestro? That's all I got. No, oh. um, uh, non-maestro. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, thanks, guys. All right, thank um, you. And thanks to you out there in listening land for being in listening land our last couple of episodes have been our biggest ever by far so thanks to everyone who uh has been tuning in and been chatting it up and doing your podcasty thing you can always uh you can always catch us on the site at milehighhockey.com or um on soundcloud at soundcloud.com slash milehighhockeypodcast mixcloud.com slash milehighhockeypodcast and now on itunes as well uh leave us a Leave us a rating, leave us a review. That will help with search results and so forth. Um, don't forget to check us out on MileHighHockey.com for the latest abs, news, and updates. Um, follow us on Twitter at MileHighHockey, Facebook.com slash MileHighHockey. Uh, Grant, what's your Twitter handle? I don't remember. It's Vote for Grant. Pretty easy. And AJ, yours is just your full name now, right? Yep. And then I am Steve House 11 and I missed. I'll, bu- I'll bump that back. It'll be all good. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I will move that outro to line up better and you will not even notice and you'll be wondering why I'm saying this um, but we'll see you next week with a wrap up of some real NHL hockey you guys have a good one that stadium series one I guess and the uh, yeah. um, talking patches oh yeah Talking patches. <laughs> not a game. Not a game. <laughs> You're talking about patches.